Hello, I'm Alex. I'm James. And I'm Dan. This is episode 33 of the Ragamuffin Music Podcast. Larry Bird numbers. Larry Bird episode. Max Verstappen. This is an episode... This is an episode... (laughs) This is an episode of the podcast. This is a place for us to talk about the music that we love. Every month we get together, talk about the latest news, music and trends in alternative music. Uh, On this episode, we'll be reviewing brand new singles from While She Sleeps and Don Broco, as well as the third album from Australian metalcore band Polaris. And later on, we'll be discussing gig etiquette. But first, should we look at some news? Uh, Chris Franz Franzak from Attila announced that he is running for president. Uh, the vocalist has said he'll be running for the Libertarian Party for the 2024 pres- presidential election this November. Brixton Academy is opening again with a series of test events. Uh, 77 conditions have to be met in order for it to reopen again after a crowd rush left two people dead and another in a critical condition last December. More details on these test events will be available soon. That's good news. Very good news. news. Uh, a very kind of key venue, I think. It's like a pathway venue. Once you have all your club shows, your O2 Academies, it's like having that 5,000 capacity arena. It's, is then the lead up to almost like an Ali Pali. Yeah, it is. It's that kind of point between club shows or like academy shows, I guess, and an arena. Yeah, that, like, that step what, up. Five and a half thousand cap. So. Important, at least for our scene. Definitely. And also a massively important cornerstone of that community um, yes. in a lot of ways. So very important. For sure. Uh, Some 41's Derek Wibley is now recovering after being hospitalised with pneumonia and possible heart failure. His wife mentioned the pressure and strain on his heart and lungs has improved and he's able to breathe without as much pain. He has since said himself that he's doing better and is intending to be back to health ready for Some 41's set at When We're Young Festival next month. We wish him all the best in his recovery. And finally, the topic of merch cuts has been discussed more and more with Live Nation now no longer taking a percentage at the 77 venues they own in the US. The On The Road Again program will additionally give a $1,500 stipend to all bands per show to cover touring expenses such as transportation. We're yet to know if this is just until the end of the year or if this is a more long-term thing, but it is a step in the right direction, we hope. Last month's Reckies? Last month's Reckies. What did you recommend, James? I didn't recommend. We I had we had you. guest Ruben join us last time. So I uh, forgo my recommendation to give him one. And to be fair, he, he recommended a banger that I knew. It was uh, Fit for a King's The Hell We Create. It came out last October. It was my kind of entrance into listening to them. Got me hyped for them at Slam Dunk in particular this year. Um, so I didn't know if either of you had a chance to listen to it prior when it came out, because I think we we missed it in a bit busy October last year. I, I've got a funny feeling that this was recommended by you. Was it? Sometime within, well, sometime, sometime since its release. I think you might have recommended it already. So for me, this was like, for me, this was just a good chance to revisit it, because I definitely enjoyed it that first time around. But it's not a band that I, like, kind of go out of my way to listen to normally. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was fun, solid metalcore. Um, you know, it's not reinventing the wheel, but it's definitely a new slice of cheese. I don't know what that means. <laughs> the wheel in question was a wheel of cheese, by the way, if that makes any sense. I recommended From the Unforgiving Arms of God by End. Uh, I'm very excited for their upcoming album. I thought this would be a pretty good entry point for you guys for End. End tree point. You see, on paper, End are like the perfect hardcore slash metalcore band. And 
in practice, they're not far off perfect as well. Like, the vocals are just relentless, the riffs are heavy as shit, and it all just comes together into a, a beautiful, like, ridiculously heavy package, and I love it. Same, like, you've banged on about them for a while, and, like, finally kind of getting on the train with it. I, I messaged you, I think, as soon as I heard Necessary Death, I was like, yeah, I'm I'm sold on this, I'm sold. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm fully on the train, and now I'm looking forward to this album as well, because the singles they've put out, one of them we'll talk about a bit later on, um, absolutely fucking incredible, and having this kind of collection of musicians together. It's rare that you have a super group, I think, that properly works and almost have their own identity as well because sometimes it gets labeled too much as a super group and, and that kind of takes over like the music and identity but i think as their own band as end it works separately from something like a counterpart like a fit for an autopsy and so on well and also i think just the term super group like sets a lot of bands up to fail because it's a kind of an impossible standard to live up to so, it kind of throws the expectations like as high as they can possibly go, doesn't it? Yeah, so I think just referring to this as probably a side project is a, a, a healthier way to sort of manage your expectations. But also, they are just super sick. And they, again, like you said, they very actively avoid sounding like any of the bands that any of the members are from, which is like... Very much helps. Paramount, I think, mm. yeah. So yeah, a wonderful recommendation. Cheers. Daniel. Daniel, son. Um... I recommended Spanish Love Songs. Spanish Love Songs is his new album, No Joy. Did, did you guys find any joy in it? I did find some joy in it. Um, my praise and critique of this album is the same thing, and that it it's that it's not brave faces everyone. Um, and I basically what I mean by that is it was impossible to follow that album up in in a lot of ways, uh, and it would have been an easy route out to just sort of rewrite, to just write like a Brave Faces 2, essentially. Yeah, it's. Um, I think it's what we've said about movements before, is like they're never going to write another feel something. Yeah. So there's no point in trying to do that. Um, so I guess Spanish yeah. Love Songs have done the same thing. Uh, at the same token, though, I think the thing about this album that maybe is like the slightly off-putting thing for me is the singer sounds like the way that his vibrato... Carries in his voice. He always sounds like he's on the edge of just bursting into tears. On Brave Faces, everyone that felt very thematic and like part of the whole feel of the album. Whereas on this one, at times for me, it got a bit kind of exhausting because it was like, well, the vibe's a bit different, and I would just and like it was kind of tiring me out, like hearing like yeah. constantly being on that edge. Um. With that being said, though, let me refer to the track list. There were some songs on it that I really did enjoy. The opening track, Lifers, was really cool. Um, and Here You Are, those are the two that stood out to me. Um, overall, I liked it, and I think with a bit more time, I will probably fall in love with it more. But it's not the instant love that Brave Faces was. Yeah, for me, it was a, when I, my first listen was a bit like, oh, okay, so that's a bit different. And then sort of as I've listened to it a little bit more, I've kind of like slowly kind of fallen for it a little bit more. And sort of each time I listen to it, there's a new track that kind of stands out, I think. So I think it's definitely a grower for sure. Cool. James? Kind of similarly to you, Alex, I struggle with it a lot. The vibrato for me, it felt like it, the tone and the timbre of the voice, it suited 
album previous perfectly. This one, I, again, I struggle with. I had to listen to it, I feel like, in chunks. And I could only do maybe like two or three songs at a time. And it was it was a weird dynamic because musically, there are a lot of things I loved in it. Just kind of like trying to, in my head, while listening to it, remove some of the vocals so I could listen to what was going on behind it. Some really nice things I loved with it and I could really kind of enjoy that. But then obviously with that being so front and center and being one of the most focal points in any kind of music really, it, it started to take it away from me and so it made it a bit more difficult. And so I couldn't really sit and listen to it in one go, which made it harder to kind of go back and listen to at points. Like I said, there's kind of parts I really enjoyed, but it, it left me very much in a weird kind of headspace when reapproaching it to listen to it again and again. So that made it a bit difficult for me. So yeah, struggled a little bit. I don't know about you guys. I almost feel like this album is like a practice run for what Spanish love songs goes on to do next. Because obviously, like we said, they've done brave faces, everyone, and they won't be able to do like replicate that kind of music to that standard again. And like that album came out at like the perfect time. It's almost like they predicted that the world was going to practically end and put out an album like just as every, everything was locking down that perfectly represented how everyone felt at that time. They're never going to be able to replicate that again. So this almost feels like they've started to take steps away but they didn't know what they were going to do so they've just sort of experimented a bit here with something different and then maybe the next album after this will be a new reborn Spanish love songs which to refer back to the early comparison is I feel like what happened with movements no good what was it called no good left to give yeah something like that the follow up to feel something was that same thing it was like we've got to take a step away but we weren't sure of the direction to go in and I feel like now with Ruckus, it's a bit more like, okay, yep. here we are now in a new identity. So I think Spanish love songs, and to the same extent, a band like Citizen as well. Um, Youth was such a an iconic mm-hmm. album for emo that I felt like they sort of after that felt a bit kind of unsure. Um, well, not unsure, I think that's maybe negative, but like just doing trying to figure out the new thing. And I feel like now Citizen are in a spot where they're the last, like... Life in Your Glass World and the upcoming album. Or is it out now? No, it's coming up. Coming out soon. Yeah, there's a couple of singles out. Yeah, the singles from this upcoming album and Life in Your Glass World sort of feel like they found their footing in, in a new era. So, yeah. Makes me hopeful for the future of Spanish love songs, I think, this one. Yeah, yeah. I still really enjoyed this album. Yeah, It's just absolutely. exciting, if anything, just to think of what the future holds for them. Hmm. But should we talk about some new music? Let's talk about some new music. The best kind of music. So first of all, we've got the new Vended song, Am I the Only One? Am I the Only One who has something kind of negative to say about this? I was going to go for the same little segue, Mm. but you got there first. Um, This is, to me, maybe brutally, the most I think they've sounded like Slipknot. Which is a yep. real shame because I feel like the last few singles and the EP that we listened to before this felt like every every new song was a step away and a step into their own I'm pre- identity. I'm pretty sure the very last the last song that we reviewed of theirs on here, mm. I said something along the lines of they're finally breaking away from that Slipknot label. They're doing something that sounds a little different and like their own, and then they've just gone back to it again. I mean, make no mistake, if you're going to sound like a band, you might as well sound like one of the best bands of all time. But 
when your two sons of that band is. I think maybe it's uh, some people. Might and think it's and the thing is, it's, it's not just the vocals. No, this sounded instrumentally to me sounded like a volume three song. I felt like this could have been on volume three, and I wouldn't have even known. If you told me that this was a like a, a B side, a B side, an unheard just, Slipknot yeah, song, I would have been like, okay, um, which is cool, but like, uh, it frustrates me because I want, I I don't want to have to keep making that comparison, but. They're not helping me. It's a hard stigma to break out, break out of, I guess, when you have that. Sure, yeah. Um, I think maybe I had Slipknot Blinkers on with it. I really enjoyed the track. Um, I thought, comparatively listening back to their older work, this is probably, whether similar or not, some of the best Griffin's vocals have sounded. You right there? <laughs> that's that's little yawn. the weirdest yawn I think I've ever done. But it's like on two levels. <laughs> two little inhales. Uh, yeah, I thought Griffin's vocals were some of the best that he ha- have heard and ha- has sounded from that. Um, the, the chorus was catchy enough. I think there were melodies in there that repeated kind of can hook you in by that. I think there's so much potential there with this band as well. And that can maybe be the frustrating thing is wanting them to stand out as their own thing. But I think there is still something there. I did enjoy the song and seeing what comes next. I think I think album is in the works or on the way after doing an EP, so... Maybe a fuller body of work may give greater scope for more variance in their sound. Mm. Make no mistake, I enjoyed the song a lot. It's a very cool yeah. song, and they're re- they're a really sick band. And I think it's because they've got so much potential that I'm like, more critical, yearning for them to really step into their own moment. Now. There's so much potential in the song alone as well. Like the kick drum, like stomping throughout the whole song. Big old chorus. Um, it's kind of simple in terms of the structure of it. Sometimes that's the best way to be, um, but yeah, there's there's definitely potential there. I think they just need to. It's almost like they need to do something so unslipknotty that break it away. just breaks away. Yeah, definitely. Like chuck a crazy like hyper pop synth in there or something. That'd be interesting. Mm. Uh, Casey are back with puncture wounds to heaven. Uh, Alex, you look ready to... Ready Don't to mind if I do. <laughs> um, it was like... Uh, it's, I don't know how to word it, but like... It was exactly what I expected and hoped like modern day Casey would sound like. Yeah. Like, I, it feels like quite a profound... Um, there's something about this where like Casey in 2016 or 2017 matched the era, but also like my... Like just emotions and mood at the time I feel like as I've grown up into where I am now this song has kind of done the same and this band have done the same so this song feels like a, I guess a more mature like just 2023 lens of what Casey songs are normally about um, which I think's super sick I just really really like it I think it's what I've got written down here is textbook Casey it's just exactly what you expect from them really but it like Alex touched on it's got that kind of modern twist on it as well where what I mean is like like a lot a lot of bands we talked about recently like a lot of emo bands are kind of going through this stage where they're like well I'm kind of not as depressed as I was when I wrote previous songs so we kind of need to be touch on some more hopeful topics which this song isn't hopeful but it's kind of got that kind of more uplifting bit towards the end with that massive chorus like that bit when it breaks out of the 
um, screaming vocals and come those cleans come back in again for that last chorus mm. just sounds so like energizing and uplifting which I think is probably exactly what they were going for there are times where especially the first couple of listens where I felt the mix felt a bit strange sure um, maybe the vocals seemed a bit quiet at the start but again once it all like gets its momentum like a Casey song does it's it's brilliant I love it I mean, lyrically, it's just open and honest as usual, as you'd expect. And like you said, I think with the, with the two distinct styles he's got of the song and the screams, I think they just flow effortlessly in and out of each other as well. There's no kind of jarring moments. Um, musically as well, I love how it, it floats in between 4-4 four, four and 3-4 at different times. And again, just like the little time signature change, like, pleases me when I hear that. But again, it's not a harsh thing. Like, it, it just flows through very effortless, effortlessly. And we're just something like, oh, cool, I like that. Like, what they're doing musically, what they're doing uh, lyrically, the, the kind of progression they're going on. It's mad to think that, like, the start of the year, I hadn't really listened to them. We saw their first show back in Bristol, which you can go and see the vlog of. It's fantastic. And since then, I've just enjoyed it more and more. Um, yeah, absolutely fantastic. And I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what's going to come out of them next. As we spoke about earlier, ends. You recommended an EP. We've heard a few new singles and we've got another one, The Sin of Human Frailty. Uh, I throw it to our end expert, Alex. Our end correspondent. Our end correspondent, Alexander Blenko. Hi, I'm here at the end. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. Um, <laughs> spoilers. It's all ending. No, uh, what can I say? They're, it's just like crushingly bleak. And for a band called END in all caps... It's cut. It just—it's a nail on the head. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really, really excited for this album. Um, I'm kind of surprised by, like, given the fact that they're essentially a side project, how active they are touring-wise. So hopefully, maybe I'm just not paying attention. But I don't think they've been in the UK all that recently. You're about I was to tell say me one otherwise. thing. Go no. on. Oh. They're a trees band, I think. They are. Fu- they are. Two thousand trees, trees next year. Trees in the cave. And if, there? You had, if you had also, by chance, like a, a counterpart there, a fit for an autopsy, that What's kind of better thing. lovers, better, better lovers, lovers. That's you it. Could have all this kind of. They thing could all there. be there, and then there could be an end set as well. That's my thinking. Oh, end God. in the forest. Oh, you shut your mouth. <laughs> Don't even put those thoughts into the that's world. burning down, man. Uh, yeah. Back to you, and that that was me reporting from the end. Back to you in the studio. I mean, I think you're just correct. It just it's fucking hard. Riffs are sick. Um, I still kind of being new to it. I can't get over how good Brendan's vocals are in this as well as in counterparts and the very different styles. How Some people listen from the outside and be like, oh, it's all just screaming. But within it, you can still hear distinct things. It does, still, yeah, it does still sound different. Having that just shows how talented and how fantastic and underrated, I think, a vocalist he is. Because even sometimes when the odd occasions you've heard him kind of do a bit of cleans in particular live, that's there as well. And fans of fans of, sorry, I've just suppressed the yawn. I couldn't okay. suppress the smile, <laughs> the little grin. Just like smiling, I was like, oh god. But like you sorry, heard... that's one of the most joyous sentences I've ever heard. <laughs> well, I've, I've suppressed, suppressed the yawn, but I couldn't yawn. suppress the smile. <laughs> god bless you, Dan. <laughs> We're talking about one of the bleakest songs I've ever yeah. heard as well. Yeah, just so many distinct vocal stars that he he can cover. Very talented man, very talented band. Um, as I said earlier on, I I can't wait for this album to come out. I'm very excited. While she sleeps, came back. They returned with self hell. 
Uh, I have two different perspectives to take on this song. One is pre-seeing them at Alexandra Palace, <laughs> yeah. as Alex can attest to with that. And one is post-seeing them at Alexandra Palace. Yeah. I'll, put in, I'll put you, in here. If you go I, first, because yeah. you couldn't make it. Because I, I couldn't make it to the Ali Pali gig, but I don't like this song. Explain. Um, I've only, I think I've only given it two listens. Um, I think if you remove the vocals, it's probably fine. Um, but I just cannot stand that chorus. Um, some of the guitar sounds great once you get maybe like halfway through and it gets towards kind of the bridge section, I guess. Um, but yeah, I just don't like this song. And it pains me to say that because I love While She Sleeps and I think I love every single song they've ever put out. Apart but from this. I did not like this. I don't like the music video either. Again, it's not for me to judge how people, like, I don't, I don't know. It just seems very, like, in your face and a bit, I don't know. I, I, I just, yeah. thing is, I can't explain it. I can't put my finger on it, but I just don't like it. There's something kind of, kind of gives me the ick about it the first time yeah. I heard it. But then we saw it live. Uh, by the first of all, yes. pre. So let's go pre. Yeah, pre. Completely pre-gig. agree. Completely agree. I think the chorus is really what put me off. And I nearly put in our group chat straight away as soon as I listened to it, but I wanted to save it for mm. this to see if we all agreed. I think we all do. Chorus beforehand doesn't really put me off. There are parts in it where I like I hear what I want from sleeps. So like some of the riffs are fantastic, especially as it goes on. Breakdown really enjoyed. Um, there are some moments where I think Loz, when he's actually going for the screams and not like the sung chorus, Loz's screams sound really good. And there are these key things you can pick out. And the hard part with, I think, the chorus in particular is Sleeps know how to write some fantastic big choruses where a song really lifts up into that. And that's where it's a bit disappointing, I think, personally, and what I look for out of them. You got anything to add before we no, go into Well, I, uh, about three days before we went to Ali Pali, I turned to my girlfriend and went babe they've dropped an absolute clangor this close to Ali Pali I can't believe it and so I was a bit like oh just I was just frustrated but then they played it live had an extended intro Mm -hmm. Um, the lighting was really cool they had sort of like those downward strobe lights that kind of create like a a, sort of a fan effect above the crowd do you know the ones I mean yeah I've got it yeah I can see it in my head and uh, the the thing you did with your hand as well really helped really yeah um, yeah, that's for the audio listeners. I did a thing <laughs> with my hand. Um, yeah, hearing it live, it was like a bit of a change for me. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, the, vibe, the vibes are kind of immaculate now. Um, let's praise the love inside of us. How about that? Is that the lyric? Yeah, yeah. I still like it was. It was much better live, and I can understand the track better. It's never going to be something I'm going to be like. I love this song. I don't think, but it did translate into like you say a, a good live experience with it. Um, I think sometimes that, that I can't think of songs as I say this and as it comes to mind but there have been occasions I think where different bands have released songs I think probably something with Beartooth would probably come into mind but I couldn't exactly say which song where you hear it you think mm, I'm not too sure about this how's it going to be and then you see it live in well, particular and like it when, changes um, like when we heard the closed hi-hat breakdowns yeah on a few of the songs from yeah. below and we were like eh? and even and I think you hear it like, live and you're like oh wait this gets fast yeah and it's like seeing it live, I, I have a different perspective. It's like I say, it's never going to be, it doesn't change everything and how I view the song, but I maybe understand it now in a different level. Um, maybe just wrapped up in Ali Pali as well, because it was such a special evening and we'll talk about that more a bit later, but 
it the live experience changed it and i'm just still hopeful that the, this album that comes out i think it's in march um i have i have faith in sleeps after what they've done recently i have faith i'm not really a fan oh, i was gonna segue oh, go, on, go on speaking of dropping absolute clangers yeah don broco um Birthday party. Uh, birthday party. That's it. Don Broco, birthday party. See, I like Don Broco. Love Don Broco. Every now and then, they do this thing where they drop an absolute clangor of a song. And this is one of those songs. As a non Broco fan. Non Broco. As a non Broco. Um, I gave this one listen. Fantastic, by the way. <laughs> one listen. I saw, I think, a snippet of the music video. And I was like. This is not for me. I do not enjoy this. And I know, like, before you two get into it, it was talked around our group a little bit when we were at Ali Pali in the lead up to it about just new music that's come out. And it's pretty much the consensus amongst everyone that they do not like this song. But I will let you two, as Broco fans, delve into this more. Yeah, you- and the, the way this is different to Sleeps, I guess, is, like I said, with Sleeps, they've con- like consistently been great. Don Broco, this is the thing they do. Like they'll they'll do some good stuff and then occasionally they just go. Here's a stinker. Here's an absolute stinker. Enjoy, yeah. and just stink the place out. It impresses me that they put this single out to promote a tour. Um, I don't know why they thought that would make people want to go, but I mean, I'll 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 still probably go based think, on the yeah. previous. The thing is, as long I, as they don't play this just this song sixteen times, then we're all good. Dream gig, but. There's parts in this song that are okay if you take other bits off of it, like that like synth effect in the background is a really good foundation for the song. But then what they decided to do over it just I don't I don't know. I don't know how to describe it even. I know this is gonna sound kind of a bit moronic because this is a music reviewing podcast, but I always find it kind of uncomfortable like being overly negative about someone's art that someone's put time and effort in into creating but but honestly but have what they put time they in, yeah. but have they put time and effort into this i don't also, know you don't have to enjoy everything that any one artist or all artists you listen to put out true it's all going to be based on opinion there's going to be people out there maybe it's just the and, one person well, who actually and, likes and there's no fun in us saying everything this fantastic. isn't for me mm. anything else no i think we've pretty much covered That's, it i feel like there's there's so much to say about this song but also, I don't, want I don't to, know I don't where want to, to waste start. my effort. Yeah. <laughs> if we start, we won't be able to stop. I think that's mm. the problem. So let's I, I haven't, I haven't seen the full music video, James. How, how would you attempt to I, describe it? After listening to the song once, I lasted, I think, thirty seconds. It's from what I've seen. It's some, some terrifying renditions stupidity. of animated yeah, characters yeah. in the Simpsons house. Yeah, I kind of like. I, I lasted it's a little bit, and I was like, I'm, I, I turned it off. I was like, the I'm, clip I'm, I've seen of it just looks harrowing. Mm. Scary shit. But yeah, I, I do think that they are being serious with this. Mm. Like, if you look at some of the sort of more comedic side sided songs on Amazing Things, it's kind of like on par lyrically with those, isn't it? Yeah. This is not an amazing thing. <laughs> where where does Broco go from here? We'll see. We'll go to Blink-182. Uh, with the album coming out next month now, uh, which we'll talk about the new releases next month soon. Um, 
they did release a double track, but we're going to pretty much talk about one more time because that is the topic of conversation. Um, I feel like if you haven't heard the song yet, you need to watch it with the music video. Yeah. Or listen to it with the music Paramount. video. Um, it will. You can get the lyrical reference just listening to it and hearing all the callbacks to various songs, which not as a deep Blink-182 fan myself. I know a lot of their songs, their discography, because I think you grow up with it. But you can hear that. And for long-time fans, you're going to kind of have that emotional attachment in particular. But then watching that and seeing the past iterations, the callbacks to videos, all that kind of thing, it really ties into the story of this band, I think, since almost their inception, everything they've gone through, in particular, probably the last 10-plus years. Travis's crash, um, Mark bouncing back from cancer, reuniting with Tom and everything like that. It, it tells a very beautiful story. It tells a very beautiful story in not the rise and fall, I would say, but kind of the, the peaks, the troughs, the highs, the lows of Blink's career. Um, a wonderful nostalgic view and almost a love letter to the fans, I think, in a way. Well, and to each other. It's not even... Yeah, it's about their career, but it's about their relationship as friends and bandmates and, like, to some extent, kind of brothers. Um, I see I, I see people online who are, like, kind of trying to, like, dunk on this song, being, like, lame, boring, like... Oh, they're just calling back to I miss you for a cheap thing. And I just think, like, can we not just appreciate, like you said, all the things that they've gone through? The fact that we're even getting new Blink-182 music is quite a profound thing in and of itself. And I think this song is just, like, I feel like this song is more for them than it is for anyone else. Yeah, and I, I see And that. I think, like, so what if they want to just... I, I think also it kind of promotes quite a healthy thing of being, like, like we can't keep waiting around till it's too late to tell people that we love them and to do the things that we love with the people that we like. So it's just like, I think that's quite an important message to be taken from this song. It's like, like I said, I don't want to live, I don't want to live like there's tomorrow. Like, so everything might as well be today. And I think that's quite an important statement from this song. And on that note, and on albums, that note, Polaris, they released Fatalism right at the beginning of the month on September 1st. Um, I'm probably the biggest fan out of them out of the three of us. I've loved the singles leading up to it. I've really enjoyed the album, listening to it for nearly a month at this point already. Um, it's my kind of metalcore. Um, very easily digestible. Um, I think it takes you a journey through the songs. Yeah, Looking back on it, it's a lovely homage to Ryan. Um, some of the songs that are, uh, were not singles, like Dissipate, Absolutely incredible. And when they play it live, it's fucking phenomenal. Uh, Parasites as well is, is fantastic. And I think arguably from start to finish, this was probably their strongest album to date. So I'm a big fan. It just ticks all the metalcore boxes already, doesn't it? Uh, Harbinger as well is an excellent opener. Fantastic, with yeah. The way it kind of builds the, the momentum, I guess, on the way in. It doesn't beat the death of me. For me, okay. I, I still still think that album's a bit... I'd personally rate that album a bit higher than this one. I would say... But but we'll see. I would say this is kind of more refined, though. There's a bit more controlled Maybe. chaos on this. If that makes sense? I find that... For me, who, for wants, me. who wants control with their chaos? Nah, come on now. I find Death and Me sometimes a little be bit unhinged. Front, front heavy. Sure. In, this in was really tracks, well Whereas I think this balances more across maybe the whole album. Um, it was incredible, like, getting into them a hell of a lot more recently and then seeing some of these songs live. Um, they were fantastic live. Um, 
been wanting to see them properly for a long time and would love to see them on their own tour in the UK. Um, I think that would be fantastic. But for me, I have a feeling this could end up being in my discussions for album of the year by the time we get round to it. So, yeah. Things, Spe- stay tuned. Speaking of which, Guilt Trip, eh? Guilt Severance. Trip, eh? This album rips. The only the only critique for me is that I felt that it was sort of, and I don't think I've ever thought this about an album before, back heavy. I felt like it, it feels got, weird even hearing yeah that I said. Um, I felt like from sort of the midpoint onwards, the songwriting got like way more interesting. I think maybe yeah, may, I think that's they, that's they, what it is. They, there's the the songs get a bit more diverse. Yeah, like you've got some slightly slower ones. That I need to get the track listing. Yeah, I mean, make no mistake, the front half of this album, I don't. It doesn't put a step wrong, but it doesn't go outside of the box of what I know about Guilt Trip. And then it's once you hit the second half is when it's suddenly like. I mean, this feels like a real. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just looking at the uh, the track list again for reference. Mm. And I just nearly typed in Quilt Trip, <laughs> <laughs> which is what I'm going to do Me later. Me on my way to get some sleep. <laughs> Honk shoe. Honk shoe, Quilt Trip, please. Oh, uh, Guilt Trip, if you're listening, make a, a duvet set with the words Quilt Trip on it and we'll do 50 50 split on royalties. Cheers. Yeah, I mean, where you've got stuff like How We'll Replace the Rain. Yeah. It's like. Maybe it's because it's at that point in the album where it starts to, well, not wind down, but you know what I mean, sort of yeah, sure. come to come to a conclusion kind of thing. But yeah, I see what you mean. Like the first first half of the album was very much just very good quality, well refined, modern day hardcore. Sure. Whereas there's a little bit more diversity on the on the second half. But yeah, for the album as a whole, I just feel like it's a really great example of how modern day hardcore not necessarily should sound but how i think it should sound like yeah for me personally this is like bang on like sure. it's heavy but it's it's got that kind of well refined well produced sound that kind of older hardcore doesn't have i guess i will add as well that this is like a super easy album to listen to Mm-hmm. Like there's yeah. probably there's, there's, there'll probably be people that listen to a lot of metalcore or other genres that will like give this a try and they'll immediately be like, yeah, this is a good album. So then, that's the albums that have come out in the past month. The albums coming out next month. Tell us on the sixth of October of Mice and Men release Tether. Uh, a nice birthday surprise for me is Beartooth releasing The Surface on October thirteenth. Knucklepuck release Losing What We Love on October twentieth. The same day, Blink-182 release One More Time. Wargasm release Venom on October 27th, as well as End releasing The Sin of Human Frailty. Um, I'm quite intrigued by that new Knucklepuck album. The singles they've dropped so far have sounded like a bit of a throwback to their older sound, which I'm well on board with. Well, at time of recording, tomorrow is the Code Orange release. So that is what I'm most excited for coming up. Out of that list, though, I think it's Beartooth. Singles have been weird hit and miss but you know I'm sure it'll all come together in the end as a full album do I have to name just one name as many as you like of Mice and Men Beartooth and End and my like big three that I'm very intrigued by yeah well End of course I mean yeah but we've been talking about them all bloody episode I don't know how much you've heard of the the recent of Mice and Men singles um, none nothing been very very good 
Be very, very good. So Remember we reviewed them like seven episodes in a row last year. Because they're releasing like EP after EP. Yeah. Bangers, bangers, bangers. Good talk. Yeah, boy. It's been a busy month since last recording. Um, we went to Oxford and saw Trivium mm-hmm. with support from Bleed From Within and another band that I cannot remember. But sick time. Yeah, very sick time. Going to massively critique my hometown venue for a second, though. Uh, the downstairs room at the O2 Academy in Oxford, if anyone has never been, essentially creates two bottlenecks because the front of house sound, uh, like the sound pit, is obviously dead in the middle of the room. Either side of that is a bar. So trying to get into the front section of like a sold-out show or even a packed show is a pretty much an impossible task. Um, so, and, and I always kind of like a show like that, my level of engagement is dependent on where I am. And I was kind of forced to be towards the back. Mm-hmm. And there were some times where I was a bit kind of like not really vibing with it. And had I been down the, towards the front or at least just a bit closer than I was, I probably would have enjoyed myself a lot more. It doesn't but help that the ceiling's very low in there as yeah. well. Yeah. So if you're a bit further back, then you can't really see much. Last thing, like of my and you stood at playing. an odd angle because you're off to either side of the sound desk as well. Yeah, so. of my men are playing Oxford, and I'm I'm kind of hoping it's not that room. I think I think it might be. Oh, shit. Um, you then went to go and see Busted, Alex. Oh hell yeah, baby! I'm, I'm very jealous. I thought you were breaking into the song then. That was it was like in tune for that first bit. Sorry. Uh, no, I wasn't. Busted, let's be honest. Let's be real for a second. Greatest band of all time? We wouldn't. One of them. We. I don't even think the three of us would be here hosting an alternative music podcast if we hadn't got into Busted at a young age. Um, again, the term gateway is not uh, never a negative thing um, because within their own rights, they are like masters of the pop. Pop rock? Boy band pop punk, I would call it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're probably the arguably the best band in that genre. And uh, massively formative on our tastes and preferences in music. And um, just fucking the shit holds up, I'll tell you. Setlist was pretty much perfect. It was an anniversary tour for the first album. It's essentially a greatest hits tour um, with one brand new song in it, which, by the way, is called Good One. Go and listen to it because it's cool. Is it a good one? one. Yeah, it's a good one, actually. Um, the set, Cheers. yeah, the set list was sick. Stage show was really cool. It's the first time in a very, very long time where I've been seated at a gig. Well, I had balcony tickets, but everyone was stood up for the whole time anyway. Um, and it was just cool to experience a gig like that in a different way, as opposed to being on the floor and like in the pit, so to speak. Um, yeah, just fantastic. One of the, one of the like most like often a lot of the gigs we go to there's maybe like an element of sort of catharsis or like letting some stuff out depending on the bands that we're seeing. This was one of the, maybe the most like pure fun, forget the rest of the world exists for two hours kind of show that I've been to. It was, yeah, fantastic. And very, they very have jealous. Eddie Thrower, formerly of Lower Than Atlantis, drumming with them. Slapping the skin. Who is just nuts. Yeah. And he he made it feel like that much more energetic just because... He's obviously throwing in stuff that wasn't on recording 
and making the songs kind of have like a, a second lease of life in a way um which i think is pretty important for a band that have been around for 20 years oh and also the venue's really good bournemouth international center it's kind of, it feels like kind of a sneaky way of being an arena tour show because it's not that big it's kind of square rather than like long so anywhere's a good seat so i would highly recommend if it's not already sold out if you're going to the or want to go to the bring me tour in january try and get to that venue if you can because it's a very very good venue i think what well, was it the story so far next was we we love going with all our friends in, to gigs in bristol however it was very nice, I think, just the three of us to yeah. go to one but together. Like a bit of a throwback them. in a way. Yeah, d- don't tell them. The three of us But it, it was nice for the three of us to go to a gig, went to Bristol to go and see Story So Far. Um, yeah. Well, How to start with, to start with for you two, it was your first time at SWX. Yep. What do you think? Great venue. Very, very good venue. Um, very, very cool. Knowing that we're going well, to... Miss not Windows cool, company. it was fucking roasting hot. It was fucking hot. hot. But, uh, it's the opposite of cool. I am... For some reason lately, I'm really appreciating a good venue layout. Just <laughs> such a fucking lame thing. You're to getting say. old. But burn it down, which we'll talk to. Talk to. Talk about. Burn it down, which we'll talk about. Busted, which I just said. SWX. I love a good venue where you can kind of be anywhere and yeah, have a good view. Basically, the opposite of O2 Oxford, <laughs> which sucks ass. So story so far, yeah, good. <laughs> I'm like knowing that I think we're going to go back there the next month as well um, for Misery Loves Company. Mm-hmm. Um, very excited, kind of just seeing the venue as as the venue kind of side of it. What you're saying, very very good place. As for the bands, Raw Brigade, Christ, Raw Brigade, Raw Brigade, six song. But is, why is their band name a bit of a tongue twister? Raw Brigade, Raw Brigade. It's difficult. Imagine they ever, imagine they ever guested on Jonathan Ross's talk show. Oh God! He'd, God. Uh, he'd really struggle with that. Uh, if there's an awkward cut there, it's because we've all made ourselves laugh by doing Jonathan Ross impressions, <laughs> which absolutely out. cannot go in. Um, Colombian straight edge hardcore. Yes, like. yes, and yes. Baby. I mean, we, we arrived not even knowing if there was a support band build because mm. I don't think uh, if there was going to be a support band because I don't think there was one build on on like the lineup posts or anything. Um, mm. But we saw them walk out on stage, start sort of sound checking and tuning up a bit and we kind of looked at each other and we were like I think this might be a hardcore band and then as soon as they started yeah this is a hardcore band and they were fucking great yeah absolutely just like tried and true hardcore and I fucking loved it I think Big Up as well would say the story so far for bringing out a band from Colombia because I don't think I've ever heard I don't think I've ever seen a band from South America live before no nor me and no, also for for a band that is not, in some ways is, but in a lot of ways isn't in the same sort of world that the story so far are in, genre wise, could have been a lot easier for them to have just brought a pop punk band over with them or yeah, well, found a local a pop, punk, pop punk, yeah. punk band. Yeah, um, but to kind of go out of their way to bring a band that is so different to them out, I think is. Um, Sick, and it offers the, the fans going like a, a yeah, unique experience. And I mean, I think they were really re- well received as well. Yeah, I definitely think went Jonathan Ross on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and then the story so far played and uh, fantastic. Set was a bit front loaded, maybe, maybe, or was or did I just get tired? There, there was definitely a bit of a lull, mm. maybe like two thirds of the way in. 
I will say this though, absolutely sickening that they were opening the other UK dates with Clairvoyant yeah. and then didn't do it for this one. Because there was, I will quite literally on, on the drive it. there, I'd already seen the set list and Alex was very excited and he's, he, uh, he said to me, there's one thing I want to know, are they playing Clairvoyant? And I said, yes. And I didn't want to say anything else because I knew that they'd been opening with it. So I was ready to see Alex's reaction when they opened with it and they didn't, which upset me. Yeah, they did go into Rome after Big Blind. That's fucking insane. So yeah, it was a bit of like, okay, we don't really know how to receive this new song and how to really act. Haven't quite learned the words yet. And then boom, Rome. Energy. Get Get a load of this listener for a song run. Big Blind, whatever. Opener. Rome, things I can't change, nerve, high regard, right here, empty space, out of it. I mean, fuck you. You can't. Yeah, and then it was may- maybe the glass, and then a couple of songs after that that it kind of lulled a bit. Yeah, and M- then Millen Empty Space cover was a bit whatever, but Empty Space, baby, brought it right back. Saved the room. But yeah, it was a, a lovely, very sweaty evening of angry finger pointing. Well, not angry, but aggressive finger pointing. Everyone was having a great time, really loud sing alongs. Um, I'm summarising, but we haven't heard from James, and that was the first time he's not a massive the story so far fan. I hadn't really like listened to him. By the way, have things in, changed? In and of itself is wild to me because aggressive, kind of aggressive vocal delivery. Mm, it's right on my street. Songwriting's fucking on point. Hooks for days. Hooks ever really days. Ex- exposed to them that much? I would um, say pound for pound, they got more bangers than neck deep. Yeah, I think. I mean, yeah. I know neck deep obviously more. That's my but point. I, I, after not really being exposed to them, knowing a few songs, um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought they were very fucking good live, um, and it was it was quite cool having the reiteration because it seems like amongst some fans, there there'd been a little bit of 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 chatter of if Parker was still interested and if he was enjoying No Pressure more. Yeah. But even he put that to rest and he made said, it very clear, didn't like, he? no, I love this. We're doing this. We're here to stay. And I think that got such a massive cheer amongst people. Um, we, we've been busy as fuck recently. Announce an album, guys. Yeah. Come on. We've been busy as fuck recently. Been been at a lot of places. Um, but there's like a couple of bands now that I've got like a little list that now that it's going to reach a bit of a quieter point, I can actually it's like listen to the albums. Win- winter's coming around. We're all going to go and hibernate and do a little bit of like a bit of albums like homework. Yeah. yeah, basically, it's is like that. a squirrel, but instead of acorns, he's collecting, I'm collecting band al- recommendations. I'm collecting band, band recommendations, band albums. Um, but no, they're definitely on and the list. It's going to emerge from hibernation, a, a new man. H- who knows? Um, check have, out the vlog. He's going to have khaki shorts and vans and backwards every, snap. Every, every, every pop punk vocalist three. Mm-hmm. But yeah, check out our vlog. A slice of pizza in his hand. We also found out Dan's boot is very comfy. My my boot. Yeah, great boot. Cheese twists. (laughs) Just just one boot. Oh, my boot. boot. Okay. I thought you meant my shoes. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Them as well. Yeah. uh, Oh, actually, to be fair, your shoes were comfy. Did you wear them? (laughs) No, but you said they were. Yeah. You said no, they were, we're, we're reaching an age now where comfiness is Dan Bird, comfort from boot to boot. Anyway, to to know all these references, go and watch the vlog. Hmm. That's it. That's all I can say. Yeah, this makes no sense. <laughs> exactly. If you're just listening. You need to go and watch that vlog as well. Um, another vlog that will come out, along with some interviews, was our time at Burn It Down Festival. First yes, time we've indeed. been. Um, had a wonderful two days in Torquay. 
such a fantastic time. Uh, very, very big thank you to all the team there for having us. Um, we loved it. We did. We've talked about it pretty Christ. extensively. We've talked about it at length. I haven't on another yet. episode but, uh, <laughs> that isn't ready yet. But Cliff Notes' favorite band from the weekend? Oh, uh, Shields. Might be Dream State, you know. Ithaca. Cheers. And that was Burn It Down. down. <laughs> that was Burn It Down in a nutshell. Something that I forgot to mention in the episode we already rec- recorded about Burn It Down is um, the amount of women it. on the lineup. Yes. Yeah. Wonderfully which... diverse in general, though. Yeah, exactly. But not just women, I think. Oh, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just multiculturally yeah. as well. Um, but like for it to be something that like we didn't even really think about shows that it's not just the a, way it should be it's not just a case of they've put women on the lineup for the sake of putting women on the lineup there's women on the lineup and they kick ass yeah. they're fucking great well we love Jesse the women from dream state made every front man from the rest of the weekend look like incredible dog shit yeah. <laughs> basically um so yeah that was burn it down in a nutshell go watch the vlogs go watch the interviews uh, oh who did we interview we interviewed Shield, Ithaca, Harrier, Skin Failure, and... Cartoon Head. Cartoon Head. You beat me to it. Um, yeah, go check out those interviews. They'll all be on the channel around about this time. Uh, yeah. If they, talk to Alex if they're not. DM him. Maybe and be three very or four of them might be out by the time you hear this. Maybe all five. I don't know. If not, they're coming and you can always just subscribe to the channel and then you'll see them when they arrive. Exactly. Uh, and then finally, there'll be another vlog that will probably be out after this, which will be While She Sleeps. Um, for me, this was the tenth time seeing them live, which is fucking mad. Um, we saw them a long time ago at three hundred venue, uh, three hundred capacity venue in Oxford, and now to see them at ten thousand pe- uh, people, sell it out at Ali Pali. Um, we'll talk about it more w- when you see the vlog, I guess. Basically, but fantastic time, great to see like a DIY band, pretty much build themselves throughout their career to this point production was fucking insane set list was fucking insane um question from me as someone that didn't go um james you were hyping this up as almost guaranteed to be your gig of the year has it done it this is my gig of the year yes nice i think it's always rare when you go and see a a gig in general and have maybe let's say two supports like we had with polaris and berry tomorrow that from a personal perspective that you listen to every band, you love every band. It's not just a few songs. Like, I know a lot of Polaris. I know a hell of a lot of Berry Tomorrow. I love Sleeps. To go into that and have it stacked with those three bands that I listen to and to, like, pit for nearly three hours because I went for every band for it, to have that kind of enjoyment and be in that situation is something I never had and was anticipating and looking forward to. It has blown every gig out of the water for me this year. That on itself and... It was absolutely fucking incredible. And it's up there, I think, as my top two gigs of all time between that and actually seeing that. And another sleep show. And another sleep show. And it's the one at Underworld. Between those two, because I think they're both of them were incredible for so many different reasons. Um, those two are, are up there as the two best gigs I've ever been to. So if you missed it, go and watch the fucking vlog. What he said. <laughs> uh, for me, like, the gig itself, yeah, fantastic. Three band bill, which is flawless, by the way. Perfect progression from like Polaris, incredible. Crowd was active. Yep. Bury tomorrow, crowd was really active. Um, 
and by the way, best time I've seen Barry tomorrow. They yep. were actually like you fucking killed it. That for me was like a click, the click moment of like, I get this. I get it. Yeah, Danny was fantastic. Uh, and, live um, sleeps were just firing on all cylinders. And I think for me, most of all, it's kind of just like a nice kind of way to wrap up this year. And I know that we have got a bit of the year to go, but like when you think about the year we've had in alternative music, especially in this country, like the scene has literally never been healthier. Like Mm -hmm. you've got small festivals like Take Down and Burn It Down that are giving up and coming bands and like, I guess for lack of a better term, the underground scene, a bigger spotlight. Yep. Bring Me at Download was like the shifting of tectonic plates. That was like, do you know what I mean? That's like generational change happening like right before our eyes. Skin Dread and, and Sleep Token getting really high charting positions with their albums and I'm sure other bands have as well. Um, and Shikari with the number one. And then to see a band like While She Sleeps who have played... Skin Dread with the number two. Yeah. And what, Sleep Token was three? And only because it was I behind it like was, Ed yeah. Sheeran and Lewis Capaldi which is insane. And then the bow on top is band like While She Sleeps who have been like championing a DIY kind of hardcore ethics of you can do it yourself if you if you believe in yourself and people believe in you. Anything can be achieved. I don't know. It feels like quite a profound way to sort of round off this year in alternative music yeah. for, for the UK because what I think this is like we're living in like a golden era right now. I yeah. think it's important. Like, we're going to look back on, I think, this era with, like, real fondness. So, for me, it's just nice to be able to, like, appreciate it while we're in it. One of the most cathartic gigs I've ever been to. Yeah, especially because we hadn't really seen them in this country for almost two years. They did last year with Ali Pali with Parkway when it was announced. Okay, yeah, sorry, my mistake. Yeah. But they haven't played anything well, as a over headline, here in the yeah. UK all of this year. Yeah. And so, like, the pent-up sort of... It was like, you in advance of knowing they're going to do it. this. And, and like you say, the, the DIY aspect with it, from having a, an album in URW that was entirely crowdfunded um, to the Sleep Society and what they're building with that, which is a kind of unique and different model. I think they've, they've developed in, in how hard they work, such a dedicated fan base, that it truly felt like, in a way, everyone just coming together and supporting them in particular. Um absolutely fantastic and then Danny coming out during Silent Speaks was incredible um, our courage our cancer fucking hell when that piano intro hit I was a happy boy go check it out vlog coming soon um, oh, they it. Huh? I was going to say they've almost definitely got a documentary and a live album coming out for it well, they, they? they filmed the whole thing on the on the Patreon they've already put out a um clip from one angle of our courage our cancer that's already up there the whole thing looks like it's filmed and it would be it'd be very cool if the whole thing comes out as you know like how you had um bring me at royal albert hall or fuck like uh download 2009 slipknot i think this released in itself i think needs to happen because it'll be phenomenal oh yeah i made a couple of predictions for that gig and i don't think any of them happened what were they I thought I made three, but the two I remember was Rao coming out for Systematic. Nope. Which didn't happen. Um, and they'd announced the album on stage, but they announced the album the day before. Beforehand, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, sadly not. I thought, like, I thought they were going to get, like, Ollie to come out during Silent Speaks. I thought we'd at least have 
I've, I don't know why I made that Shikari prediction because they're they're like in America, I think, at the moment. Um, yeah, I thought they'd at least have like Sam from Architects or something, or something like that. But yeah. no. But to be fair, Danny came out. For, and I can also, but also at the it. same time, I can understand why they probably thought this is our yeah, it's our, our, our time. night. Yeah, and uh, yeah, all, all they needed was someone for Silent Speaks, and might as well have been Danny. I feel. So still didn't get any crows. That made me sad. But it, oh no, nervous by the way. No nervous. And no. Intriguing. Oh, there was another really big omission. There was, wasn't there? What was there it? There was hurricane. Hurricane wasn't on. Was it fair? Well, like, I suppose if you, if you're gonna chuck like our courage, our cancer, our courage, our cancer, like seven then, hills. Yeah, so seven I, hills. I saw this. I, you've got our a, courage, you've got our cancer. Got a slip, mm. hasn't it? Our Courage, Our Cancer, it was the first time they performed it since 2019. And Seven Hills, it was the first time they performed it since 2017. And we were probably and that there. that tour was 26. Yeah, we were probably there. We were probably one of the last people to hear that. Did they play... I feel like, Sorry, that was weird. We're, we're pointing at the poster where they, they played at the Bullingdon in Oxford. I, yes. feel like, I feel like they must have played the O2 Academy the year after. Yes, it was. Probably it was that. Yeah, that would have been that, that tour. Um, God, we're lucky boys, aren't we? We've talked enough about it. Vlog coming soon. Watch it. Subscribe to the channel. All that shit. Yeah. Time for a discussion. We're not done here yet, though. We got we got things to discuss. And it's talking about gigs still. Yeah, it's you lot being twats at gigs. No, I'm joking. You lot, gigs. you lot are probably fine. You listeners but are always you good eggs, but everyone else fucking Gig sucks. etiquette. Like, this has come up as a massive topic of conversation recently. Some people think mostly post-pandemic just don't know how to fucking act maybe it's just like pent-up aggression frustration whatever but there just seems to be a lot of issues cropping up at the minute at various different band shows where songs are being stopped um fights are happening general idiocy and how people are acting and i think we're just gonna have a bit of a talk about it and figure out why maybe well, I think it kind of stems from, and this is gonna this is gonna sound kind of like. By the way, have you noticed I've kind of like sunk into the chair yeah. a bit more to like settle into the discussion? Uh, this might sound kind of a bit like maybe a bit gatekeepy or a bit like, oh, I've been going to gigs since I was twelve. But I think a lot of it does stem from since coming out of the pandemic, there are people now going to shows who have never been to a show before, as in like before the pandemic they never been. And I just and so I think that the sort of culture around, particularly how heavy crowd how crowds behave at heavy gigs, has weirdly like been lost in like that. Because it feels it's a very They've lost sort of, that nurturing period where yeah, they're learning how to do like stuff. Feels like there's normally kind of a word of mouth kind of you know the elders of the of the village will tell the you, elder emos will tell you. By the way, you have to actually catch a stage diver and if people are tying their shoes you need to protect them someone falls down pick them up i feel like i don't really know how it's happened but we've the come old out unwritten rules have just gone all the unwritten rules have kind of somehow been like lost since coming out of the pandemic and i think that has been like the root of the problem people just can't fucking behave to be honest i think another one as well that actually looking back at it to the start of year to the sleep taking show that we saw in birmingham and now kind of thinking about some of the comments we made after it where we were like, that didn't feel like a sleep token crowd. The bands that are blowing up on social medias like TikTok, people aren't necessarily aware of 
maybe more than a few songs, if I'm going to stereotype slightly, maybe like you say, haven't gone to gigs and they're seeing a few songs live and they don't know how to act. And then when you're seeing people who go to these shows regularly, almost, not sound dickish, but veterans like us, where mm. we've done this for fucking years, where you have to understand about mosh culture and things like this, where you are in a venue, if you're going to be right front and centre, moshing is going to happen. If you're going to be the barrier, there are going to probably be people going over your heads and it feels like some of the crowds at various shows and stuff we've gone to, they're just blissfully unaware of what to fucking do. And I don't think it's been an issue yeah. at any festivals. Festivals, I think, this year have been fine. It's like the gigs of the bands where I'm seeing the problems. I think a big one I've noticed, noticed is crowd surfers. Like, after a gig online, you see so many people complaining about crowd surfers. And there's then this kind of like us versus not not an us versus them but this dispute between people that enjoy crowd surfing and or people people that are going to gigs all the time versus maybe people that are new to it and don't fully understand it but it comes back to if you see someone crowd surfing or someone coming towards you 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 hold them up you don't but i've seen so many people actively step out the way Mm -hmm. and like just like not make any effort to catch yeah. them or anything. The thing is, and that's that, how people get hurt. Yeah, both people end up getting hurt because if someone falls on your head because you're not helping. Oh, this feels like a good moment to talk about that guy at the Hot Mulligan gig in Leeds. Yeah, that just launched Swat. himself off the balcony. Again, it, I like, don't. It just fair enough. Like, if you're the vocalist in the band or something doing that, because then you've got people's attention already. People are going to catch you. you. If you're diving headfirst into a crowd that is not ready for you and not expecting you, you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt the people that you land on. You're going to have a school of rock It's so stupid. It's just frustrating to see. Um, Like you say, when when there's people online kind of critiquing it and not happy with it, and you're probably out there at a gig and your vocalist of one of your favourite bands is literally saying... We want as many stage divers over as possible. You're, the band are literally calling for it as well. It's part of the culture of the scene. Um, deal with it, in a way, to be honest, and act like you should at a gig. Um, I'm seeing more and more live kind of moments as well where bands are stopping songs because of fights. Fight Fighting's a big problem at the moment, I it's, think. I mean, we had it shows. a couple of times at Trivium in Oxford. Um, I'm seeing so many things about bad oh, omens I saw at the so, so many Trivium shows getting stopped a lot of them are at the I moment. saw a clip from their, their show at Hammersmith Apollo in London where they stopped they stopped for a medical emergency and then as they started to play again they were like oh no okay we've got another one we're going to have to stop again they're having a real problem but it and, just seems to be happening everywhere and and I yes, think part a, of it is not a, understanding emer- mosh emer- culture emergencies happen and accidents happen but there's certain, there's definitely an increasing number. It Never was this frequent. Never was this frequent. And it just feels like, yes, if you're on the outskirts of where like a pit has opened up, perhaps you're going to get nudged around a little bit. And in, in the nicest yep. way, if you don't like it, you're going to have to move a little bit. You're going to have to move either further to the left, further to right, or probably back in the crowd a bit more. Otherwise, you have to sacrifice knowing that that happens right at the front. Yeah, that's that. You are, are going to get pushed around a bit. Yeah, you're you're going to get knocked. You're going to a venue where you're going to bump shoulders with someone at least probably ten, fifteen times. It's going to happen. You're in such close quarters, but 
to, to kind of start fights, start pushing people around and that, and, and then kind of promoting that and actual scrapping in the middle of a pit, then you are actually endangering people's safety and you should get yeah. the fuck out. Like, that, that's not acceptable. And another one that seems to be on the rise from what I've observed is people that are way too drunk. Mm-hmm. Like, there's always a couple of drunk, there's always drunk people at a gig. People that are having a good time. It's a night out, essentially. Or off their face and well, whatever we, as well. We get drunk at gigs. Yeah. Festivals especially. But why? what's the point in getting so drunk that you can't stand up still? We had someone that knocked loose in the dome. He got taken out towards the end. Um, he looked yeah. like he passed out what? right towards the end of Counting Worms and security had to take him out because he could not stand. Mm. He was that bad. And the other thing is, it's not that these people, like for starters, they can barely hold themselves up. They also decide... I want to be in the pit. Mm. So you're already off balance and have no sort of awareness of your surroundings, but you're also going into an environment where you're going to be pushed around and thrown about and you're just going to be on the floor constantly. Yeah. And it's just irritating that other people are going to be constantly picking you up and throwing you back in just to pick you up again. I know we're sort of kind of dying from point to point in regards to this topic but one thing that i do want to point out that um especially since the pandemic that i've noticed is a massive massive improvement in security very much i feel like i don't know what weirdly maybe it's a knee-jerk reaction to the rise in these in in bad crowd things though yeah. yeah potentially because like the the last like year of gigs that we've gone to in festivals felt like security of stepped in when they needed to but had the presence of mind to understand that i'm working security at a heavy metal show people are going to march like like a good referee in a combat sport exactly not exactly. herb dean not herb dean no um and it's all over just like that um no i do agree i think there's there's a lot of times recently in particular um burn it down i think we're fantastic with it if i'm going to name a couple uh sleeps Outbreak, it was fantastic. Outbreak, Outbreak always yeah, fantastic. I'm sure they were the same this the, year. I cannot remember, but it's the certain group who are at Outbreak who we had even at uh, Ocean's Day Alaska last September. Um, absolutely fantastic group because you kind of see them at various gigs. Amazing. The, the security, the trees, employer, um, Trees, yeah. There's so many of these places we've been to recently where it's been fantastic in particular of note, but it does seem like a general step up, uh, which is fantastic. Even at download, to be fair, just seeing some of the security there were really, really good and actually enjoying themselves. There were people that we interacted with during Lawn Ashore um, who were absolutely vibing and, they, and they loving were, it. They were giving people water even though they probably weren't allowed to. Exactly. Like, you could see there was more care for the customer there, which is, is definitely a step up, definitely an improvement. Um, because there needs to they be They could have had some car parking attendants though, but that's another matter. Yeah, there, there were other issues with download, but we've gone into that. Um, I think sort of circling back to gig etiquette though the thing that I think is kind of um, would be my kind of advice if to my kind of advice to no one because really no one's going to listen but like I think fans particularly like kind of stan culture around like newer metalcore bands is kind of is kind of like don't get me wrong what fans have done for bands like Bad Omens and Sleep Token and Motionless and White it's huge because those bands are now playing significantly bigger rooms they're bigger names because of it 
But with that comes the territory of like, for example, on this most recent Motionless in White run, knock loose of support in. And if you're going to that show and then crying on Twitter that people get rowdy for a knock loose as a support band, you're you're fundamentally misunderstanding the entire culture of what alternative music and heavy music is because like, I just, I think it comes from a place of kind of entitlement that like you can, you can go to a show and stand at the barrier and enjoy it in your own way. But if some dudes three rows back want to mosh and two step to knock loose, it's not, it's, it's people a, pay it's the same tough, amount of money for a ticket. Yeah. It's a tough one because, like, I'm a big advocate for let people enjoy things however they want to enjoy things. But there comes a point when some people's actions do, like, intervene with other people's enjoyment kind sure. of thing. Sure, and, like, that's something that we've even experienced with regards to, like, crowd killing. Yeah, for sure. Um, which we can get to in a minute, but, like, my point being is, like, the average mosh for a band like Knock Loose is like by 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 all standards kind of pretty safe and like at the end of the day not a, in, in not ter- an overwhelmingly dangerous environment compared to bands that sound like Knock Loose they're more like push pits yeah which which are pretty standard entry level yeah entry normal shit but i think it comes from sort of like if all you've done in the pandemic is watch like bad omens fan edits <sighs> And suddenly a dude is two-stepping three feet away from you. You're going to freak out. And I understand that as well. Cause, but it's so easy to My point is kind of like it, a lot of those, fans, a a lot of those mm. fans have gone from naught to 100. They've gone from never being at a show to being at a barrier for a massive, massive bill. And I feel like there's no... It's a really difficult thing for us as kind of cringy but like gig veterans like we've been to yeah. so many gigs of so many varying sizes and we've seen dead crowds rowdy crowds and everything in between i feel like we kind of learned through experience experience whereas yeah when you're kind of essentially throwing yourself in the deep end by going to a massive show first sleep, sleep token is a really interesting example as well because of how diverse their music is sonically they appeal to so many different kinds of people that are into so much, so many different kinds of music. Like you might have people that listen to a song like Bloodsport or Aqua Regia. I'd be like, Oh, this is awesome. This is this is a nice pop, like R and B kind of song. I'll like power ballad sort of sort of vibe. I'll go and, and see Vore. this live. But then you've also got people that like Vore and the offering and wanna go and pit. And all those different kind of people are gonna be in the same room together in the same space, wanting to act differently. So you can see why there's maybe a bit of conflict and confusion, but like, it's not that hard to just step out of the way or just respect that other people like doing different things, doing things differently. Um, if people want to stand there and record on their phone a bit, let them do it. Yeah. Or just go and stand somewhere else. You will pay the same amount of money to go to a gig. Therefore, yeah. you, to a certain degree, you can do whatever you want there. There's no right way to enjoy a gig. Yeah. Like, you, you enjoy it the way you want to enjoy it, as long as it doesn't... It's not detrimental like, to someone else's Yeah, as long as it doesn't there. take away from someone else's enjoyment. On, on the topic there, like, with toxic ones as well, I think, like, when you see some of the fan bases acting the way they are, and either online or at these gigs, it, it puts you off bands. 
Um, yeah, like realistically, it's, it's Bad so, Omen should be a metalcore band that I I yeah. would enjoy. I've I can't. Been, I've been massively put off. I I can't go and listen to their music because of how bad the fan base is acting and yeah. what they're like. It's then being detrimental to my listening experience of trying to not as in like I may not enjoy the music. I just don't even make I, an effort to be honest. I don't. I don't know that many songs. I've heard the ones that have blown up on social media, but I haven't had the chance to delve into any material because of how bad the fan base is acting and how how detrimental they are to like kind of the wider outreach of their music that it puts you I'll off tell you what the sleep token fan base is getting pretty cringy now as well it's getting difficult it's getting very difficult and, and these people are ruining then, it for the other people that's not it's, gig etiquette though is it no that's <laughs> no. a little bit of a side note but some of it ties into it because of how yeah. people are acting and the way they're going to uh, display all that on social media in particular it well, makes so it, it difficult it's not necessarily gig etiquette but Piece of advice for anyone listening. There's no need to queue for the gig the morning of. Oh, fucking You hell. don't need to be there at 8 a.m. Yeah, especially because we're going to rock up half an hour before doors and get barriers. Push our way to barriers. <laughs> anyway. Oh, sorry, my mate's over there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So uh, we're just getting pit. That was, something that, <laughs> that, was, that was something that a guy legitimately said to us at Trivium to try and get past. Oh, sorry, mate, we're getting pit. I couldn't give a fuck, mate. Just go. If you're going to go to the front, go to the front. Don't make some bullshit excuse or try and justify it. Well, we touched on crowd killing a few minutes ago. Yeah, let's go on then. Well, again, this this circles back to like fan circle pit. This circles Open back to, to, fa- to fans doing something that is actually a detriment to the show and the band because when you're and it's typically in hardcore shows, right? But I can't focus on a band or a set if I'm spending the entire time watching if the dude in front of me is going to swing his arm back and punch me in the face. And like, and I think it's fair enough if you're in the pit at the front. Yeah. But I'm just stood like two rows behind the pit and getting swung out. Still. Suddenly, oh, this is a guy swinging his arms in my face now. And it, it's such a massive like dick swinging contest. It's like, well, I can spin my shoulders quicker than you. And it just, and like, it's that it's that um, Simpsons thing, isn't it? Where mm. Lisa's like, "I'm going to move my arms like this, and if you get in my way, it's your own fault." That's exactly it. And like, it's sometimes been like, "Oh, I'm really excited to watch this band get there," and then I spend the whole time watching some fucking sweaty bozo walk around punching people in the back of the head, and I'm like, "Hmm, didn't watch the band at all. Didn't enjoy the set. Tried not to get punched. Cheers, mate. You've made my evening shit." And probably other and people. Like it's it's probably even acceptable to a degree if, like I said, I guess if it's consensual. Sure. Like if if it's it, on your waiver outbreak. If there's a group of people in the pit doing some hardcore dancing, swinging their arms about, I mean, I guess that's almost like an unspoken rule of. We're in it. Together. You're you're going. Hi, I expect you to probably hit me. It's fine. I might do the same to you. We'll see what happens. But if you're still at the side of the pit, you don't you don't want someone just walking around. There's you'll see videos all the time. We see it, we see it at shows as well. People just walking around the crowd, just punching people in the face. Mm. That's that's not that's being that's not twat. hardcore dancing or that's kind whatever. Of behavior. That's just punching people in the face. Well, that's just and seemingly against... actively finding an excuse to yeah. assault someone. And it's literally against like the principles of hardcore. Like to just yeah. be in, essentially inciting violence. Like this is a safe space. <laughs> but and, and also like this kind of circles back to 
I guess to wrap up this point about crowd killing, there is a responsibility on, I think, the band and particularly the vocalist to be encouraging and reminding people that it's a, meant to be a positive thing. Jem, the singer of the vocalist of Speed, at the start of every show says, respect each other, respect this place, and mosh hard as fuck. And that, to me, is about as succinct as it needs to be. Like Agreed. That is what hardcore is. Positive and respect and the most positive release of aggression that you can get without going over the edge. I feel like to wrap it up, I feel like we could come up with... We said there's like so many unwritten rules. I feel like we could come up with five rules that like... Just for we these newbies... To, we need to write... Maybe in another episode, maybe. we write the Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments. of Gig Going... But I feel like for five, for five, like almost rules at the minute for people that are fucking anywhere. Let's be educational. One, someone falls over, pick them up. Pick them up. Like no excuse. Everyone, you stop what you're doing. You pick them up. If that was you on the floor, you wouldn't want to be trampled over. You'd want people to help you. That's number one. Number two, if you're in the pit, there is no need for the aggression to people outside of it. Mm-hmm. Like completely unnecessary. Be active amongst the people in the pit. Don't be an aggressive arsehole. Three. <laughs> Sorry, sorry to interrupt you there. I've just had a flashback to the time that uh, we saw Sleep Token and Download. Um, and Alex was stood between me and the pit, and I wanted to go into the pit. So I just took him in there with me. <laughs> <laughs> Forgetting that the night before, it really hurt his ankle. <laughs> oh, Christ, yeah. Um, so that was a bad example of good That was a bad example. Bad And, and I would bad say escape. I'm sorry, but it was really funny. <laughs> it was funny. We can laugh in retrospect. We can laugh at that. Uh, number three, I think, come on. Um, if someone is crowd surfing slash stage diving, you'd be there to catch and you'd be there to help. It's part of what it is. If you don't like it and you're at the barrier, sorry, they're going to come over your head. Move. Uh, number four, uh, if you're a couple that are in a pit. Oh, this is one we didn't even touch on. We didn't even touch on this properly. They were touching each other though. They were, they were, there are some people that sleeps, um, love it. You you've you found each other fantastic. Don't do it in the middle of a pit, please. And don't when start When James says do it, it doesn't mean that. Yeah, don't it do that like in the middle of a pit. But don't don't PDAs. start kind of getting aggressive and shitty towards people. You're in a space where people are kind of letting loose here. Um, you're in public. First of all, remember that you're in public. Yeah, exactly. That's a classic one as well, by the way, is the protect the protective boyfriend. In, oh my Christ, the they're a pain in, in the, the ass. If you're the protective boyfriend at the back and something randomly kicks off, Cool. More power to you, man. You do you. But fuck me. I'm going to stand at the edge of the pit with my arms around my girlfriend like I'm a fucking... And every time you get knocked into me, I'm going to glance around and just go... Stare at you. <sighs> Hard stares. Um, I think finally, like, kind of touched upon there, just number five, just respect everyone else around you. You don't need to be a pit troll. You don't need to be an arsehole or a douchebag. Everyone's guess, there to have a good time yeah. and enjoy themselves. Respect each other. It's fucking easy. When you go to a gig... Everyone's there because they like that band. You, everyone's mates there, really. You've all got something in common, so just look after each other. Chill out. So hopefully, I mean, follow it's those rules deep. at least. Maybe we will come back with the Ten Commandments. But also, like, let us know down below, like, what other things people should be doing at gigs. What is the the right way to act? Um, and to all enjoy it and have a good time. We're all there to go and see a band, maybe multiple bands that we love, enjoy their music, want to support them and have a fantastic evening. So there shouldn't be anything bad happening. Nothing should take away from that experience and we should all fucking enjoy it. So you tell us, 
what are the right ways to go about it and how people should be acting at live music. And let us know of some examples of bad gig etiquette you've seen recently as well. Bad people. Bad I th- people. I think maybe this will need a, a second episode to maybe summarise. Exactly. Go over some more, go over those comments. So yeah, oh. get get your comments and we might read them out in the next episode. Don't want to give too much attention to it, but on one final note, the guy that took a dog to the Motionless and White show, oh, I hope you burn in hell. Don't do that. If you're listening to this, don't take your dog to a... Don't take any pet. Or any, any pet, animal. Or any, any animal. animal. Or a baby. Well, who's taking babies to gigs? Anyway, it's a baby in an acoustic set before. That's probably acceptable. Know the audience, but, basically. Know the audience. Yeah. Um, that's been episode 33. What What's what's on the channel? What's coming up? Um, Great question. Fuckloads of vlogs. Loads of vlogs. So we're going to fuckloads of gigs. Interviews. We've got fuckloads of interviews because we've been interviewing fuckloads of cool bands that we really love. It's fuckloads of things. Fuckloads. Um, so basically what you need to do is subscribe. You need to like this video. Yeah, that's the easiest thing to do is just subscribe, subscribe because then everything we've forgotten to tell you about right now, you'll just you'll have, find it. have appear yeah, yeah. on your on your sub box. And then also... Or if you ding the bell as well, oh, so you get the you'll even get a notification. Follow on social medias, ragamuffin666. Um, that will also keep you up to date with things. Yeah, there's so much good shit here. But then before we go, miss out? shall we recommend some albums for the next episode? Ooh, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot about that myself as well. Uh, quick, think quickly. I've got, I've got one in mind. <laughs> I don't have one in mind. I've, I've got. I've, one been, I've been looking at that. my like on repeats on Spotify throughout the whole episode to oh, try and yeah, find something, and I'll, it's, I'll and it's it. just been the stuff we reviewed. <laughs> I'll lead this then. Um, it's a throwback album. It's one that we probably all know at least a little bit. Maybe not delved into all the way. Um, recently, put out a Linkin Park beginners guide. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Five songs to introduce you to them. But whilst writing that. I was just delving into music, their music, having a wonderful time. And there's such a fucking classic of an album there. It's Hybrid Theory. One of the best albums, I think, of all time, especially in new metal. So basically, just go fucking enjoy that again and and relive that era, how good a band they are. Um, Still sometimes, I think, underappreciated. And watch The Beginner's Guide as well. That is a top three album of all time, all genres. Yes, I, mean. I will not hear any, uh, any other opinion. I'm going to recommend an album that I've been personally going a little bit crazy for lately. It is 27 Miles Underwater by Higher Power. Fuck yeah. Took me a long time to figure out this band, I think. I think I've seen them f- about four times live. And um, Burn It Down Festival was like the moment where I just went, oh yeah, this is just fucking sick. What? I don't know what it is, but it took my brain a really long time to just like... I reckon it was that giant inflatable duck. Could have been the duck. Could have been the duck. But I've been listening to this album a lot and I'm really, really enjoying it. So let's all enjoy it, hopefully together. Uh, I'm going to go for um, a band that I was meaning to get into for a long time and finally got around to this year because they played Trees. Um, I'll also be seeing them supporting the Wandiers in November. It's Origami Angel... Um, I've picked their, I guess their breakout album because it, it's their debut album as well. Somewhere City, it kind of, it's an album cover that I'd seen all over the place for quite a while. Um, so I guess it's the kind of their go-to, their iconic album. Love it a lot. Only 30 minutes long. 
packed with some emo slash pop punk, maybe a little bit of swan core you could class it as. Big up Josh. Um, he loves that. Really, really great album. Um, so, again, let's listen together. Let's listen together. That'll be the motto for this. This is our new slogan. Yeah, let's listen together. Uh, also, I think this is our first podcast episode since we've got a thousand subscribers. It is. So, cheers, everyone. Cheers. There's a thousand of you now. That's mental. Oh, Christ. That would fill um, the Sheet Little O2 Academy. Oh, fuck you. Well, yeah, let's all get. Well, well, let's get more than that. Let's, let's get in that bottleneck together, baby. Let's let's bring up to Brixton levels, yeah? How many is that? It's five, like 5K. Five and a half K, I think. If it takes us two and a half years to get another thousand, I'm going to jack this shit in. So, <laughs> <laughs> subscribe. Help. <laughs> Because we, yeah, we only do it for the numbers. Yeah, fuck it. Only for the numbers. Personal enjoyment, not interested. This shit, I hate, I hate both this of these people. This shit sucks. It's, a, it's a long-term investment. We're not actually friends. No. We're not even brothers, me and you. <laughs> <laughs> no, we love it. Um, if you see us anywhere at any shows, come and say hello. We love talking music, whether it's with each other like this or in person. Um so yeah, don't now, be afraid to come and say hello. And we might have another way for you to talk music with us very soon. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned. There'll be a thousand subscriber video coming out, which will have more details in there. But basically, yeah, we said it a few times, just fucking subscribe. That's it. Do it. Press that button. Red button. Go. There's over, yeah, there's over a thousand people subscribed. Now they can't be wrong. Yeah, exactly. There we go. See you later. A thousand subscribers. Peace.